in an emergency, when you dial 911, you, you want to make sure that somebody is readily available to get to you because obviously it's an emergency. Um, and it shouldn't matter whether or not you're in Moorhead or a more rural pocket in uh, Minnesota. I certainly have talked about this at length on the North Dakota side as well, but it's not a North Dakota or a Minnesota thing. It's a rural uh, situation in which the the models we've used for quite some time, it just isn't really keeping up with the times. But there was a report uh, that when it comes to federal reimbursement, employee retention, all of this, and response times in some areas being as high as 90 minutes, something had to be done. Yeah, and with the Minnesota session underway down in St. Paul, State Senator Rob Kupek and a few others have decided, you know what, we need to put some money towards this to get some reimbursement back. And Senator Kupek joins us right now. How are you doing, my friend? Good. How are you, Tyler? Doing well. Uh, I was uh, delighted when I saw that uh, this bill had been introduced, Senate File 3886, to put some money back into the rural EMS. Explain to the listeners what this means. Sure. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, when an ambulance service, uh, whether that be rural or urban, uh, when they do uh, a transport, uh, a lot of them are things that are being reimbursed by Medicare and Medicaid. And those reimbursement rates simply are just not enough. Uh, and so those are leaving, you know, those those ambulance providers uh, with a shortfall. But when you're a hospital and you run an ambulance service, you still have that shortfall. But, you know, that ambulance is probably going to your hospital and you may make up some of that difference there by that person having a stay in your hospital. But when you get into rural areas and you get into ambulances that are run by either fire departments or their own volunteer ambulance services, um, there's nothing to make up that shortfall except maybe the taxpayers uh, who live in those rural communities and they're having to foot the bill uh, for a lot of these ambulance services that are, you know, almost all of them uh, running deficits at the end of the year. Running deficits, and uh, I mean, the trend over the last several years have been that people have been moving out of the rural areas and more to the urban areas, and that means a less uh, pool to be pulling some of those tax revenues from to keep those volunteer services funded. So you kind of have that double-edged sword here where it's going to take money. And I've been making this point when I've talked about this issue before, Senator, that, you know what, just because you don't live in that area doesn't mean you might not need the service if you're driving from Moorhead to pick any other town and it's a long stretch of road in between, you still expect the service to be there. Sure. And it is those, those ambulance services, especially that, you know, service areas along I-94 or Highway 10, corridors where people are traveling. Um, those are the ones, you know, they have a higher volume of calls, uh, but they still don't have that, you know, higher they're not getting necessarily that reimbursement rate, and they don't also have the you know the pool of taxpayers maybe who can backfill if there is a shortage. And you know when we travel up and we vacation out at the cabin, you know we call that we expect you know the, a similar level of service that we're going to get whether we're in the you know Fargo Moorhead metro area. Uh, point being, why why I bring that up is uh, you know I mean when it comes to state dollars or federal dollars going into this, and then also deeming this an essential service, I, I haven't been able to find an argument that convinces me that that should not be the path we're going on. And it seems to me that this bill certainly at least makes an effort to address one of the two when it comes to state funding where federal dollars might fall short and local tax dollars. Right. I mean, yeah. ideally, we would, you know, if the federal government, uh, you know, took action as they should and, and worked on those reimbursement rates from the federal level, we'd be all set. I will say uh, ten, uh, Senator Tina Smith 
was this morning uh, had a meeting in Barnesville uh, on this very topic. And I think, you know, some of the actions we've taken by holding, you know, listening sessions all around the state here in the interim uh, has spurred our, our federal delegation, too, that they realize the problem. So, you know, they, I know at least Senator Smith uh, has certainly, you know, got it on her radar, too, that the feds could step in and really help us out here. Uh, I was visiting with uh, an individual that used to be uh, the head director on the North Dakota side when it comes to the emergency uh, management services, and he had made the comment that the model of volunteering and having volunteer-driven ambulances, fire trucks is just not sustainable. Have you heard some of that in your conversations on the Minnesota side? Yeah, you know, as we've as we've traveled around the state, obviously, you know, even in in metropolitan areas, we have a workforce issue, workforce shortage, and certainly as you get out into more rural areas uh, and you're relying on a volunteer service, uh, it does become it becomes more difficult. So, you know, is that eventually a role where the state needs to to play some role in you know backfilling or helping on those services? Absolutely, that's something we you know we need to consider going forward. There is also you know one of the other problems is uh, some of the calls that you know EMS providers are going to, they're calls that are not needed for an ambulance. They just aren't. They become taxi runs. And so, what can we do you know as a legislature and as a state to to mitigate some of those runs? Uh, you know, where somebody maybe just needs a check in, maybe their blood sugar is a little out of whack. They don't need necessarily to go to the hospital, or if they do, maybe they you know don't need an ambulance to be the one to take them there. So those are other things we need to, to consider, just just to let, lessen the burden on those volunteers too. They have no problem, you know, they're they're there. They want to be out there, you know, if somebody gets in a serious accident, they want to be there, but they also feel like, you know, some of their time is being wasted on trips that don't need an ambulance. No, I think that that's a great addition to the conversation. Uh Rob Kupek, our guest, state senator of District 4, that is one of those uh, conversations here on Afternoons Live that we've had as well. It's trying to find a way that if just take this as a, a, a model that you know, I'm not sure if it's actually out there anywhere, but you have uh, an individual, maybe it's state funded in one of those designated areas. Okay, so you're, you're going to be in the office when, of course, an emergency happens, but in those times that maybe that, that elderly grandparent just needs that medication brought to them or uh, just to check up on the blood pressure, whatever it is almost doing those home health visits. I don't know if it's possible, but it seems like we could get more innovative in those more rural areas when it comes to state dollars going towards helping out in a way that just makes more time efficient, makes more sense, and uh, quite frankly, we're not wasting people's time and resources. Sure. And, and you know, the, there are some of those available, but again, on those, the same thing happens. The reimbursement rates yeah. are even lower on those. There is also, um, I had a presentation last week, week before, uh, uh, on a telehealth organization that will actually, you know, go in and put a little technology, uh, basic technology, like using a remote control, because sometimes seniors aren't the greatest with new technology, uh, but a way that they can check in with a provider right there. And then there's also some home visits that also occur, but that adding that telehealth aspect of it uh, also has some, you know, some good prospects, I think, in rural areas. Senator, before I let you go, I know that you have a tight window on how busy these sessions get. Uh, we are a week and a day into the 2024 session. Uh, things going smoothly thus far? Uh, it is 
Um, it is, you know, that idea that this, the, you know, this non-budget year would be a lesser session. Uh, it is a shorter session, and there is a very tight window, you know, to get bills over their first hurdles. Uh, so it is uh, knee-deep and thick already well, in terms it, of, of moving <laughs> legislation. I know. And, well, and, of course, you know, when it's not just budgets, all of a sudden we fill the docket full of things that get people all riled up. I, we had a conversation with the Senate Minority Leader and Mark Johnson uh, last week out of East Grand Forks, and you know people were asking about the flag. Should they be prioritizing this in a legislative process? I know that there's been talk about uh, you know enforcement of federal immigration law. So these are very hot button issues that uh, people are introducing out for you. And and those are the high profile ones. There are lower profile ones tomorrow. In the Health and Human Services Committee, we are going to hear what is called a scope of practice bill um, that will allow optometrists uh, to do a few more things, but it's a turf war between optometrists and ophthalmologists. Uh, so that may be a lengthy, uh, long <laughs> debate tomorrow between those two. That is not the kind of thing that gets those two, you know, the members of those two groups are very riled up. Um, maybe the general public, not so much, but it's those also take some time to sort out. You know, it's, it's very interesting you bring that up because I served on the Human Services Committee uh, on the North Dakota side, and some of the tensions between associations and groups that you would never expect and how passionate those debates get are uh, some of that sausage-making that the general public doesn't get a, to really have a, peer, a peek at, and uh, it does fill up a lot of your time. So I'll be thinking of you while you're having yeah. those hearings, and they're, in fact, right. going back and forth. Uh, well, if you want some, you want some real live drama. We start at eight thirty tomorrow. They we broadcast them live online. You can go to the Senate website and yeah. watch and see what happens. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it can be entertaining at times, tension filled at others. Yeah. Uh, Senator, I'm going to let you go. I, I always appreciate your your accessibility. Let's do this a little bit more frequently as the session rolls on. Okay. Absolutely. Always, always a pleasure to talk. You take care until next time, Senator Rob Kupek. Again, District Four. Your comments, 35270 is how you can contact Afternoons Live by text. Do you want to call? Phone lines are open at 237-5948. I've got questions already coming in for a conversation a little bit later on about your appliances. That's coming up with our friend Barrett Grundahl, Bears Appliance Repair. This is that time for you to get those answers uh, from a guy that knows a thing or two about it. Get your weather update from Eric Johnson, Two Tall Thomas away. We'll wrap up the first hour of Afternoons Live next.